Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick. I'm your host. Today, we're going to tackle the uneasiness of meeting facilitation, how to run a better meeting. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you've been here before, I'm really happy. So welcome back. As you may know, I've written a book called Brief, Make a Bigger Impact by Saying Less, and also a book called Noise, Living and Leading When Nobody Can Focus. And you've heard a fair amount, if you've been on this podcast before, about the roles of meetings and how ineffective they are and how painful they can be. And recently, I had a colleague of mine, Charlie Thornton, talk to John Borda at Granger about this. We've talked in podcasts previously about meeting agenda design, creating momentum before meeting, creating momentum after meeting. Why are we talking so much about meetings? Well, they produce a tremendous amount of noise. They just do. And if you talk to people in organizations about meetings, you rarely, if ever, get people enthusiastic about how much they love meetings. People just despise them because they're so painful. They're so ineffective. And it doesn't seem like there's any help on the way. Now, we look at this right now and we're like, all right, our world is now going online and people are doing Zoom meetings and it's just, they're not going away. So how do we do this better? How do we lead them is what we're going to talk about today. And I, I said the uneasiness of great meeting facilitation because it's not easy. There's this discomfort. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience in the past of running meetings and as, as the ringleader of sorts and how we all need to, sooner or later, we'll need to lead a better discussion and get people to a decision. And oftentimes it's part of our role in organizations and nobody really teaches us how to do that. And this is difficult. And then just some statistics. I'm going to be citing from chapter 20 of the book Noise, which is entitled Hurting Cats, Facilitating to Focus More, Fidget Less. And in this chapter, there's some there's some really nice tidbits that I'm just going to be citing. And, and just off the top of my head right here, just looking at this, about a third of all meeting time is considered ineffective. More than 90% of people admit to multitasking meetings, so they're not really present. They're not really paying attention fully. They've got their laptops open. They think you think you're taking notes, but they're actually sending an email. Um, senior managers, senior leaders spend about half their day in meetings. Some people a lot more. Some people, all they do is go to meeting to meeting. It's a huge time drain. Um, executives consider about two-thirds of meetings to be a failure. Not a good use of their time. Not effective. Not producing the right outcome. Result. And people spend an enormous amount of time and money in meetings. So how do we fix this? Well, I want to focus today on the role of a, your role as a facilitator. Who is leading the meeting? And something, and there are meetings that we feel like, all right, there's no leader. And I, I guess there will be instances where the team is participating and, and there's no specific leader. But I'm going to talk about the instances where you are actually in the role of the conductor. You are trying to coordinate the conversation. And it's clear to people in the meeting that that's your job. So recently, um, I mean, I do this a lot. I used to do this all the time. And I would, facilitating, I would facilitate um, messaging sessions. So just to kind of paint the picture of what my career um, used to consist of, what, would, what I would do is I would, uh, I would get called by a client 
and they would convene a group of 10 to 12 leaders in a room for a half a day. And they would call me in as the meeting facilitator, and I would lead them to build consensus agreement on a core narrative. So think of a group of people that needed to be on the same page when they were talking about a new product announcement, or they're developing a strategy, or they were making a big, big uh, unveiling a new uh, initiative or change management. Um, let's say that they were upgrading a technology or they're going to acquire a company, but they all needed to be on the same page. So they would call me and I would come in and I would be the facilitator. And this was difficult because I, I was nearly always talking to people about topics that I knew very little about. So my expertise in the area wasn't what made me qualified. What made me qualified was um, being a good facilitator. Um, and I, a lot of these re were referrals, so I built a reputation as a person that was good at getting people to come together, have a discussion, and come to an agreement about what to say about one of these initiatives. So I would talk with companies like Microsoft and Harley-Davidson and TransUnion, the list goes on and on and on, and, and the topics were incredibly varied, but what was always the same was the uneasiness of getting people to talk, agree, make decisions, move forward. So what I want to talk about today is like how I did that and how it never got easy, but there's a ways to make it easier. Um, and in the, in the term facilitation is, you know, the word, um, you know, I don't know if it's from, I know in Spanish it's facil, which is easy. So you're making it easier. You're facilitating, you're making it easier for people to do this. So your role is to make it easier. So when you make something easy, oftentimes you're taking the burden of the difficulty on your back as the facilitator. So that will never go away. I did this for more than two decades. I ran thousands and thousands of hours of meetings all over the world and it never got easy. The night before I was always a little uncomfortable. Um, I would walk in and I would always worry like, okay, how is this going to, there was no guarantee that it was going to turn out, but I had a plan. So I'm just going to walk you through some of the things that I did to make this work in my, in, in our collective favor. First and foremost, have an agenda. We've talked about this in the past. It seems so obvious. You got to have a plan. You have to have rules. How are you going to spend the time? Um, recently I led a meeting with a bunch of colonels. And it was a half day morning meeting and I had to have a published agenda. It was critical. People needed, needed to read it, know in advance what they were signing up for. So have an agenda and follow the agenda. Okay. So if you, if you, this is, this is the rules of engagement. If you, if you don't have an agenda, you don't follow it. It's very, very difficult for these things to, to not become moments of chaos pure chaos because everybody's got a voice and you're trying to lead many voices toward a common discussion and a common decision. Okay. So when we talk about the role of listening, one of the key things of being a good facilitator is listening to people talk and not trying to correct them, change them, but you're trying to listen to what they're trying to say and capture what they're trying to say. So being a good listener is, is really, really important. So when you're thinking about being a better listener, oftentimes it's about 
your level of interest, focus, and ability to ask better questions. So for example, somebody makes a comment and you can't just sit there and just listen to it. And so oftentimes you have to ask clarifying questions like, well, why did you say that? Or does anybody else um, want to comment on that? So what you're doing is you're really actively listening to the conversation. This inherently is exhausting. So when you, one way to practice this is at home, um, with your kids, maybe, or your friends, if you're at a party, it's just asking people questions. Good facilitators know how to ask questions and make comments. They don't dominate conversations. They lead them. So that's, that's an important point is the, is the role of listening and asking better questions. When you do that, it's really important that people see you taking notes. Why? When, when, when I've done this in the past, um, when, you ask, when you ask somebody to say something and then they say it and they see that you're writing it down on a board, like a whiteboard or a flip chart, they start to change their behavior because they become more careful about what they're saying because they realize that somebody's actually writing it down. Now, when you write it down, you don't always need to write it down verbatim. You can paraphrase it. So if, you've, if there's a simpler way of saying it, you, you can paraphrase it in, in if they, unless they, you, you would ask them, you know, does that sound right? And if they say yes, then there's, you, you've made an agreement. So I think listening and gathering, specifically writing things down as people are saying it, is absolutely critical. Um, Another thing that I, I found when facilitating meetings is the ability to step in and step out. What do I mean? People are talking, and sometimes you just need to let them talk. So when, when they're talking, the natural way for people to talk in a conversation in a meeting is to say a lot of things, and toward the end of a thought, they start to conclude the thought. So what you want to do is, is step out and let them do that, and when you feel like they're approaching some type of a conclusion or an observation or an issue, then you step back in and then you, you start gathering and writing and, and commenting. So you're, it's a little bit, I know this sounds a little goofy, but it's a little bit like the hokey pokey. You kind of step in, you step out, you step in, you step out. You can't always be stepping in because you, you're, 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 you're getting in the way, but you can't step out all the time because it becomes chaotic and, and it, it becomes pretty clear that nobody's actually coordinating. So that ability to come in and come out, come in and come out, is absolutely critical so that people see that, um, you know, that you're, you're a force of coordination. You're, you're asking, you're listening, you're writing, but you don't want to be too heavy-handed on one hand because it, make it, it makes it seem like it's, you know, it's your decision. You're the facilitator. You know, it's their conversation, but you're facilitating the conversation. So I would say that stepping in and stepping out is, is, a, is a critical. Um, and finally, the, it's very easy sometimes in meetings to um, become part of the meeting where your, your voice is equal to theirs, and that shouldn't be. So good meeting facilitators... Their role is primarily leading people to a discussion, leading people to a decision, not making the decision for them. Now, the better you listen, the more you notice what people are trying to say, and it makes it easier for people to have a conversation. Now, there are moments in meetings when you're, when you're leading where people are talking and they say things that are really not at all related to what you're talking about. Now, if that happens, you have to, you have to acknowledge it, write it down 
And one of the techniques that I've shared before in previous podcasts is this concept called a parking lot. Think of it like a place to put ideas that aren't directly related to the meeting. And if you introduce this concept on a flip chart, or maybe it's a section of a whiteboard called the parking lot, tell people in advance before the meeting, if people bring up thoughts or comments that are not directly related to the meeting, we'll capture them, but we'll put them in a parking lot for, for, for this later discussion. Okay, so that's, it's a powerful way for people to know that ideas may pop up that are really, really important, but not important for us to discuss now, but we need to capture them for, for further discussion down the road. So here are just some final thoughts just about like the uneasiness as you think about like how you can make this easy for people. You have to be willing to dive in and, and deal with ambiguity, personality, um, circumstance, um, all of which are, is difficult. But you take on that burden. You take on that role. Here are just six points from the from the chapter 20 of the book, Noise, just to think about. Number one, stay positive. Okay, your job is to set the tone from the beginning. Be positive, be positive, be positive. You have an objective of the meeting. You know why you're there. You know what you're going to talk about. Your job is to keep people positive and on track, optimistic, hopeful. Set some objectives, right? Lay them out before the meeting starts. What, what are we trying to accomplish minimally? At the minimal level, at the maximum level, what some objectives are. Prepare the environment. Maybe you're in a room. Make sure the whiteboards are clean. Make sure the videos work. Maybe make sure there's flip charts. Make sure that there's spacing. The room is set up so the environment is conducive. Get everybody involved. Now, notice that you're going to have people that are um, extroverts and introverts. Um, try to dial down the extroverts and try to key, key. And just notice there's some people that aren't talking. Everybody should talk at some point. Make sure that everybody gets involved. Um, ask better questions. There's going to be moments where you need to stop and ask. Think like you're a reporter and you're going to write a story. Why do you think? Why did you say that? Or where do you see that that's true? Or how often do you see it? So ask clarifying questions. Very very important. And then finally, manage the, managing the clock. We live in a in within time. Meetings can often go over time. Always keep track of time. It's really important. So just quick and quick summary. Stay positive, set some objectives, prepare the environment, get everybody involved, ask better questions, and manage the clock. So that is a little overview um, to help you be a force to clarify and coordinate in meetings. So just final thought, if you're leading a meeting and you feel like you're hurting cats, it's because you are. Just saying. 